0: This is a recording of, quote, Most Desirable Above All Things, end quote, Onomastic Play on Mary and Mormon in the Book of Mormon by Matthew Bowen, read by Ellen Fair. Quote, Most Desirable Above All Things, end quote, Onomastic Play on Mary and Mormon in the Book of Mormon by Matthew L. Bowen. Abstract. The names Mary and Mormon most plausibly derive from the Egyptian word Murray, quote, love, desire, or wish, end quote. Mary denotes, quote, beloved, i.e., of deity, end quote and is thus conceptually connected with divine love, while Mormon evidently denotes, quote, desire slash love is enduring, end quote. The text of the Book of Mormon manifests authorial awareness of the meanings of both names, playing on them in multiple instances. Upon seeing Mary, quote, the mother of God, end quote, First Nephi 11.18, critical text, bearing the infant Messiah in her arms in vision, Nephi, who already knew that God, quote, loveth his children, end quote, came to understand that the meaning of the fruit-bearing tree of life, quote, is the love of God, which sheddeth itself abroad in the hearts of the children of men. Wherefore, it is the most desirable above all things. End quote. First Nephi eleven seventeen through twenty five. Later, Alma the Elder and his people entered into a covenant and formed a church based on quote, love end quote, and quote, good desires. Mosiah eighteen twenty one and twenty eight a covenant directly tied to the waters of mormon quote, "behold here are the waters of mormon and now as ye are desirous to come into the fold of god if this be the desire of your hearts what have you against being baptized" End quote. Quote, "they clapped their hands for joy and exclaimed this is the desire of our hearts" End quote. Mosiah eighteen eight through eleven, Alma the younger later recalled the quote, song of redeeming love end quote, that his father and others had sung at the waters of Mormon. Alma five three through nine and twenty six. See Mosiah eighteen verse thirty. Our editor, Mormon, who was himself named after the land of Mormon and its water, 3 Nephi 5.12, repeatedly spoke of charity as, quote, everlasting love, end quote, or the, quote, pure love of Christ that endureth forever, end quote. Moroni 7.47-48, 8.16-17, and twenty six all of this has implications for latter-day saints or quote, Mormons end quote, who, as children of the covenant, must endure to the end in Christ-like quote, love, end quote, as Mormon and Moroni did, particularly in days of diminishing faith, faithfulness, and love. See for example Mormon three twelve contrast Moroni nine five when Nephi was granted his quote, desire end quote and quote, saw the things which his father saw end quote, he immediately quote, beheld a tree like unto the tree which his father had seen end quote first Nephi eleven eight. Nephi's second quote, desire, end quote, eleven verse ten, was expressly quote, to know the interpretation thereof, eleven, end quote. eleven verse eleven. Whereupon he saw Mary bearing the Christ Child in her arms, eleven verse thirty. Nephi's angelic guide then asked him, quote, "Knowest thou the meaning of the tree which thy father saw?" End quote. Eleven verse twenty-one, to which Nephi responded, "Yea, it is the love of God which sheddeth itself abroad in the hearts of the children of men; wherefore, it is the most desirable above all things." End quote. Eleven twenty-two. Emphasis in all scriptural citations hereafter is mine as daniel c peterson had noted quote, "it was only when she mary appeared with a baby and was identified as quote, "the mother of god" end quote, that nephi grasped the tree's meaning" end quote. at that point nephi understood that the quote, "love of god" end quote, that was quote, "most desirable above all things" end quote, had its fullest expression in Christ's incarnation through Mary, whose name evidently derives from the Egyptian root Murray, love, end quote, quote desire, end quote, quote, wish, end quote. Hundreds of years later, in texts preserved for us by Moroni, Mormon repeatedly describes quote, charity and "or divine" quote, love end quote, "as being" quote, "everlasting" end quote, "or" quote, "enduring" end quote. moroni 7 47 through 48 8 16 through 17 26 in this paper i will suggest that the relationship of these passages is more than just thematic i. e. they speak of divine quote, love, end quote, but also onomastic and philo- philological. I will further propose that both passages use word play or play on meaning, involving the names Egyptian term Murray or Murray which as a noun Murray means quote, love end quote, or quote, desire. End quote, and as a verb, means to quote love, end quote, quote desire, end quote or quote, wish. End quote. Nephi's words, recorded decades after his initial vision, play on the name quote Mary, end quote, quote beloved of deity, quote the love of deity. End quote, end quote. And Mormon's words play on his own name, quote, love that endures. End quote, See below. Additionally, I will explore the naming of the quote, wa- the waters of Mormon, end quote, Messiah eighteen, whence Mormon tells us his name derives, Third Nephi five verse twelve. I will further explore the meaning of the name quote, Mormon. End quote, and suggest that, quote, Mormon, origin, end quote, more originally bestowed by King Noah upon the land, forest, and waters of Mormon, was later, quote, re-motivated, end quote. That is, given new meaning by Alma and his followers in light of the covenant made there. Word play on the name, quote, Mormon, end quote, in terms of, quote, desire, end quote, and love, end quote, the range of meaning for Egyptian Marie is evident in Alma the Elder's baptismal speech, Mosiah 18, 8 through 11, and Mormon's description of that community's covenant, quote, love, end quote, 1821, and, quote, good desires toward God, end quote, 1828. A methodological note. The two languages that Nephi indicates he knew were Hebrew and Egyptian. 1 Nephi 1 verse 2. For the nearly 1,000 years, these remained the spoken and literary languages of the Nephites. See especially Mormon 9 verse 32 and 33. While Moroni's explanation that the Nephites had, quote, altered, end quote, their writing systems, quote, according to their manner of speech, end quote, 9 verse 32, certainly suggests the presence of expected diachronic phenomena, for example, changes in pronunciation, creolization with other languages that occur in language. While we cannot know the precise contents of plates from which the Book of Mormon has been translated, we can use our knowledge of the languages that the, Egypt, that the Nephites said they used to posit reasonable suppositions about what they contain. Biblical scholars engage in this type of activity, i.e. textual criticism, when they analyze the ancient non-Hebrew witnesses to the text. For example, the Greek Septuagint, LXX, the Syriac Peshitta, the Old Latin, etc. Using a knowledge of these other biblical languages can help us arrive at what the Hebrew vorlagen, or forward position, of these texts may have looked like, vis-a-vis the Hebrew Masoretic text pending further evidence. Whether the language on Nephi's small plates was Egyptian, Hebrew written in Egyptian script, or a stylized form of Egyptian scribal shorthand, I begin here from the presupposition that Nephi, whose own name was Egyptian and who had been taught Egyptian, First Nephi 1 verse 2, New enough Egyptian for lexical associations to be made on Egyptian names and words, as I have argued elsewhere. In any case, onomastic wordplay can be detected through multiple layers of language. For example, a reader reading in English can detect the wordplay evident in the angel's words to Joseph recorded in Matthew 1 verse 21. Quote, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, Greek, Iason, from the Hebrew Yeshua, for he shall save, Greek, so say, from the Hebrew, Yosia, his people from their sins, end quote. Although the translated text is in English and the underlying text is Greek, Hebrew wordplay on Yeshua and the verb yasa to, quote, save, end quote, can be detected even beneath or behind the Greek. Another relevant example can be detected in the onomastic wordplay found in Genesis 9 and 10, See especially nine verses 20 through 27 on the names Ham, Canaan, and the Hebrew word Ebed, quote, slave, end quote, and Egyptian Hm, slave, majesty. Gary A. Rensberg observes the following. The word Ham corresponds to the Egyptian word Hm, quote, majesty, end quote, used commonly in the expression Hm-f, quote, "his majesty" end quote, used to refer to the pharaoh but the same by consonantal noun "hm" also means quote, "slave" end quote, in Egyptian and this supplies one of the clues for understanding Genesis 9:20-27 20 ham saw his father noah in a naked state the punishment for which is that his son Canaan will be a slave. Note the fourfold use of the word Egyptian, of the Egyptian word ibed, in verses twenty-five to twenty-seven, to his brothers Shem and Japheth. The next, no doubt, implicitly puns on the root KN be. Quote, be low, be humbled, be subdued. End quote, in the word kinaan, Rendsburg further suggests that quote, the author of the story had the Egyptian meaning of hum slave end quote, in mind, and that he, in turn, assumed that his intellectual readership would understand the bilingual wordplay. In other words, one need not be reading from an Egyptian text to detect an Egyptian pun embedded in the Hebrew, or vice versa, or even to detect the plausible presence of such wordplay beneath an English translation. Thus, we can detect plausible Egyptianistic and Hebraistic wordplay in the translated English of the Book of Mormon. For example, Hebraisms can exist in an Egyptian text and vice versa, even though we do not have the original plate text in front of us. Ultimately, it should be noted, the reader will be the final arbiter as to the plausibility of any such potential wordplay pending further conf- confirming or negating evidence. Quote, the love of God, end quote. Quote, Mary, end quote, as an Egyptian name. The name, quote, Mary, end quote, from, quote, Miriam, end quote, New Testament, quote, Maryam, end quote, or, quote, Maria, end quote, still makes best sense As an Egyptian theophoric, hypochoristicon, deriving from the Egyptian root meri or meri, which as a root means, quote, to love, want, wish, desire, end quote. And as a noun, merwet, means, quote, love, will, desire, end quote, rather than as a derivation from Mara quote, bitter end quote, from Ruth one twenty. Mary, end quote, or quote Miriam, end quote, in Egyptian, like David in Hebrew means quote beloved, end quote. i. e. Quote, beloved of the God, end quote. James K. Hoffmeister writes Quote, Although there are many linguistic explanations for the final mem m in Miriam Mariam, there is agreement that Mary is the proposed writing of the root Marie meaning quote, love end quote, or quote, beloved end quote, end quote. Egyptian names and epithets employing forms of the verb root Marie or Marie are widely attested. For example, the name Murray K. 3 R., which belonged to a king of the 10th dynasty, denotes, quote, the beloved of the sun's essence, end quote. The name of the 19th dynasty pharaoh was Mur-N-Phth, mer beloved of Ptah, end quote. Merititin Meritatin denotes, quote, Beloved of Aten, i.e. the divinized sun disk, end quote. Merir, Marie or Merire, Beloved of Re, was a name born by at least two Egyptian nobles. Moreover, Marie. Slash, T was an important element in epithets and royal epithets. Murray inter referred to the, quote, beloved of the god, end quote. Murray.t er was an epithet of Isis. Murray imn as a royal epithet denoted, quote, beloved of Ammon, end quote. And Murray 3 st denoted quote, beloved of Isis. End quote. Many other such examples could be cited. That some form of the name quote, Mary end quote, was definitely known to the Nephites as the name of the mother of the Redeemer is clear from at least two passages. King Benjamin declared that an angel had revealed to him the following details about the birth of the Redeemer. Quote, And he shall be called Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Father of heaven and earth, the creator of all things from the beginning, and his mother shall be called Mary. End quote. Messiah 3 verse 8. Similarly, Alma declares to the church members in the city of Gideon, quote, And behold, he shall be born of Mary at Jerusalem, which is the land of our forebear- forefathers, she being a virgin, a precious and chosen vessel, who shall be overshadowed and conceive by the power of the Holy Ghost, and bring forth a son, yea, even the Son of God, End quote. Alma 7 verse 10. Jung describes the noun mm, what, uh, corresponding to the Coptic merit in a late Egyptian context as denoting not only, quote, love, wish, desire, end quote, but also, quote, choice, selection in the sense of loving hierarchically from, quote, above, end quote, End quote. The Hebrew adjective yakar, slash yakara, quote, precious, valuable, end quote, quote, noble, end quote, is associated with wisdom, happiness, slash asherah, and the tree of life. Quote, Happy, asrey, is the man that findeth wisdom. She is more precious, Yakara than rubies. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her, and happy, may Ushar, is every one that retaineth her. End quote. Proverbs three thirteen through eighteen. See for instance, First Nephi eight verse ten eleven verses twenty one through twenty three. Alma's description of Mary as quote, precious end quote, is particularly interesting in this light. Nephi himself introduces the tree as the quote, as quote, the tree which is most precious above all end quote. first Nephi eleven verse nine Alma's use of language that alludes to Isaiah seven verse fourteen. Therefore, the Lord Himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin, Alma, shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. And First Nephi eleven, see further below, is unmistakable. His use of the adjective precious additionally recalls Nephi's description of the tree of life. And its fruits to his brothers in 1st Nephi 15 verse 36. Quote, wherefore the wicked are rejected, lined out, separated from the righteous and also from that tree of life whose fruit is most precious and most desirable above, lined out, of all other fruits. Yea, and it is the greatest of all the gifts of God. Quote. Alma himself elsewhere alludes to the Lehi and Nephi's visions of the tree of life when he describes the fruit of the quote fruit end quote of faith and faithfulness of quote as quote desirable end quote and quote most precious which is sweet above all that is sweet and which is white above all that is white yea and pure above all that is pure" end quote. Alma 32 verse 42 language not only recalling Nephi's description of the tree of life and its fruit but the virgin that he saw in 1st Nephi 11 Nephi reports Lehi as describing the tree of life and its fruit from the very first in terms of quote, desire end quote and quote happiness end quote or quote joy end quote quote and it came to pass that I beheld a tree whose fruit was desirable to make one happy end quote first Nephi eight verse ten c f eleven Verses 22 through 23. Lehi's phraseology deliberately plays on the language of the garden story and its description of, quote, a tree to be desired to make one wise, end quote. Genesis 3, verse 6. And as Daniel C. Peterson has noted the expression, quote, make one happy, end quote, likely constitutes a wordplay on Hebrew ashtray, quote, "happiness" end quote, literally quote, "happinesses" end quote, and the term asherah asherah a term which ultimately derives from the name athirat t r t the consort of El in the Canaanite pantheon but was later used to describe a carved pole which, like the menorah, represented a kind of stylized tree of life. Moreover, Nephi records other instances in which his father Lehi connects the tree of life and its fruit with, quote, desire, end quote, and, quote, desirability, end quote, of the fruit of the tree. And as I partook of the fruit thereof, it filled my soul with exceedingly great joy. Wherefore, I began to be desirous that my family should partake of it also. For I knew that it was desirable above all other fruit. End quote. First Nephi 8 verse 12. And it came to pass that I beckoned unto them, and I also did say unto them with a loud voice that they should come unto me and partake of the fruit which was desirable above all other fruit. First Nephi 8, verse 15. While the Hebrew term for, quote, desire, end quote, is represented by the root hmd see especially Genesis 3, verse 6, the commonest Egyptian term was Murray. hence the name Mary, whence the name Mary, whence the name quote, Mary end quote, derives. Although Lehi's description of the tree with its fruit lays tremendous emphasis on the quote, desirability end quote, of the fruit of the tree, the meaning of the tree and its fruit was not immediately evident to any of his sons. Evidently, even Nephi did not understand the meaning of this image until he, quote, desired, end quote, to know. The apparent opaqueness of the symbolism was clearly a point of contention among his brothers who argued over what their father's vision signified. After his own vision, Nephi understood the connection between the tree, the fruit of the tree, the quote, Mother of God, end quote, according to the flesh and her divine Son quote, the most desirable above all things end quote. word play involving the meaning of the name quote, Mary end quote, in first Nephi eleven Nephi's description of quote, tree of life, whose fruit is most precious and. M- most desirable of all other fruits, end quote, as, quote, the greatest of all the gifts of God, First quote, first Nephi 15, verse 36, original text, was addressed particularly to his brethren, quote, and thus I spake unto my brethren, end quote, 15, verse 36, who had repeated difficulty, quote, believing, end quote, the words of Lehi, their father, and Nephi's words, having already considered Alma's later collocation describing Mary as a quote, precious and chosen vessel, end quote, Alma seven verse ten, Nephi's above description of the quote, tree end quote, whose fruit is quote, most desirable above all, end quote, can be seen as a wordplay on the name or on the meaning of the name, quote, Mary, end quote, MRI, quote, love, end quote, quote, desire, end quote, quote, wish, end quote. This becomes even clearer when we consider the dialogue between Nephi and his angelic guide, where a clear connection is made between the, quote, tree, end quote, See, for instance, Asherah and the Asherah, Mary, quote, the love of God, and quote, quote, desirability, end quote. And it came to pass that I looked and beheld the great city of Jerusalem and also other cities. And I beheld the city of Nazareth. And in the city of Nazareth, I beheld a virgin, and she was exceedingly fair and white. And it came to pass that I saw the heavens open, and an angel came down and stood before me. And he said unto me, Nephi, what beholdest thou? And I said unto him, A virgin, most beautiful and fair above all other virgins. And he said unto me, Knowest thou the condescension of God? And I said unto him, I know that he loveth his children, Nevertheless, I do not know the meaning of all things. And he said unto me, Behold, the virgin whom thou seest is the mother of God after the manner of the flesh. And it came to pass that I beheld that she was carried away in the spirit. And after she had been carried away in the spirit for the face of a space of a time, the angel spake unto me, saying, Look! And I looked and beheld the virgin again, bearing a child in her arms. And the angel said unto me, Behold, the Lamb of God, yea, even the Eternal Father, knowest thou the meaning of the tree which thy father saw? And I answered him, saying, Yea, it is the love of God which sheddeth itself abroad in the hearts of the children of men, wherefore it is the most desirable above all things and he spake unto me saying yea and the most joyous to the soul first nephi 11 verses 13 through 23 just as nephi's recognition and identification of the quote, "rod of iron" end quote, as the quote, "word of god" end quote, Turns on or hinges upon the polysemy of Egyptian m'dewa, rod staff word speak. Nephi's recognition and identification of the quote, love of God end quote, as the quote, most desirable above all things, end quote. Turns on the polysemy of Mary quote, love, end quote, desire, end quote, quote, wish. End quote. It is worth noting here that though Benjamin and Alma mention Mary by name, Nephi offers the most dramatic, detailed and developed description of Mary in the book of Mormon text. Does it not seem strange then that Nephi would leave her name unmentioned? assuming he knew it where is her name i propose that it is present literally or implicitly in nephite's report in the polysemic play on quote, "love" end quote, and quote, "desire" end quote. in other words if the terms quote, "love" end quote, and quote, "desire" end quote, appear in Egyptian language on the plates, both words would be almost certainly written as forms of Murray, thus literally placing her name in the text, like the placing of quote, end quote, quote asked, end quote, slash quote, demanded, end quote, in the verb asterisk esil, Ask, end quote, quote, request, end quote, quote, demand, end quote, in 1 Samuel 8, verse 10, 12, verse 13, 17, and elsewhere. Even the use of the Hebrew equivalents of the terms, quote, love, end quote, and quote, desire, end quote, would cognitively revolve around the appearance of the Mother of God. End quote, in Nephi's text, thus, in either scenario, Nephi's consciousness of Mary's name and its meaning plausibly explains and motivates the dramatic emphasis on the quote, love of God end quote, in First Nephi eleven, and his understanding of the overall meaning of the Tree of Life vision in First Nephi eleven. The wordplay obviates the need for Nephi to mention her name in the way that Benjamin and Alma later mention it. As if for emphasis, Nephi iterates it in first Nephi 11:25 that the quote, "living waters" Hebrew mayim hayim are a representation of the love of God, and that the tree of life was a representation of the love of God, end quote. Again, the emphasis here is not only the, quote, rod, end quote, the word of God, but the, quote, love of God, end quote, the, quote, mother of God, end quote, Mary end quote, was a representation of the love of God of the quote, love of God. End quote. See for instance Egyptian Murrayt beloved of God end quote. water of course, is a powerful symbol both of birth and rebirth, and thus baptism. It is at least noteworthy that Jesus describes the greatness or manifestation of the quote, "love" end quote, of God in his own incarnation, quote, "for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son," end quote, John 3:16, in the context of the necessity of baptism. Being quote, born again, end quote, or quote, born from above, Genethenai Anothen, See John three, verses three through eight, in his likeness. When Alma the younger speaks of the quote, song of redeeming love, end quote, he not only commemorates Israel's ancestors being quote, redeemed. End quote, Exodus fifteen verses one through twenty two or quote pulled from the waters, end quote, like Moses, a name which incidentally connotes quote, begotten of deity, end quote, or quote, the deity is born, end quote, deriving from Egyptian Masi begat, quote, and quote, drawer end quote, or, quote, pillar, end quote, polar, end quote, Hebrew morseh is pointed as a pseudo-active participle of marish m'svi, Exodus 2, verse 10, but also baptism and being, quote, born again, end quote. Alma the Younger, We'll describe his being, quote, born again, end quote, as being, quote, snatched, end quote. See, for instance, yam me quote, he pull, drew me, pulled me out of many waters, end quote. Second Samuel 22, slash Psalm 18, verse 17, 16. See, for instance, Moses 1, verse 25. His father Alma the Elder, like Moses, anciently quote, pulled end quote, his people from the waters of baptism or rebirth, 1 Corinthians ten verse two, the waters of Mormon Messiah eighteen, the pure waters versus bitter or filthy waters, which Mormon's text tells us symbolized quote, desire end quote, or. Quote, love," end quote. Quote, "if this be the desire of your hearts." End quote. The origin and etymology of quote, "mormon," end quote, and Alma's re-motivation of its meaning. According to Mormon, King Noah was responsible for naming the land of Mormon and its environs. And it came to pass that as many as did believe him did go forth to a place which was called Mormon, having received its name from the king, being in the borders of the land, having been infested by times or at seasons by wild beasts. Messiah 18, verse 4. Although the text here does not specifically name Noah as the king, It seems clear from the language of Messiah 18, verse 31, that Noah is the king alluded to in both passages. And these things were done in the borders of the land that they might not come to the knowledge of the king. The naming of Mormon would thus constitute one of the few positive aspects of Noah's reign and legacy. But what does the word Mormon mean? In a two-part study, Paul Hoskisson explored possible origins and etymologies for the name Mormon. I concur with Hoskisson and President Gordon B. Hinckley that the, quote, more good, end quote, etymology from the 1843 Times and Seasons letter, with which many Latter-day Saints are familiar, and which is often taken as authoritative is instead figurative i.e. the bible is the quote, "good good" end quote, book the book of mormon is a book of quote, "more good" end quote. this pseudo etymology was formulated as satirical response to ridicule anti mormon polemical treatment of the name Mormon, end quote, such as Eber D. Howe's 1834 and an anonymous editorialist's 1841 laughable etymologies. It makes sense as Hoskisson notes that the quote, more good end quote, etymology offered in the 1843 Times and Seasons letter, in which was likely penned primarily by William W. Phelps, and, quote, printed over the name of the prophet, end quote, was perhaps, quote, meant to ape the flippant anti-Mormon literature of the previous 10 years, end quote, since, quote, satire is a tempting resort to satire, satire end quote. In other words, more good was almost certainly W. W. Phelps's tongue-in-cheek etymology for quote, "Mormon," end quote, penned in the prophet's name. The origins of and thus clues and evidence as to the meaning of the word quote, "Mormon" end quote, are instead to be sought elsewhere, including within the book itself. As noted above the name quote, "Mormon" end quote, had been bestowed upon the place and waters of Mormon by King Noah. See Mosiah 18:4 and 31. One of the first comments ever made about King Noah in the cycle that deals with him, his priests, and the consequences that their policies brought upon their subjects specifically addresses his, quotes desires, End quote. Mormon informs us that upon succeeding his father Zenith, King Noah did not keep the commandments of God, but did walk after the desires of his own heart. And he had many wives and concubines, and he did cause his people to commit sin and do that which was abominable in the sight of the Lord. Yea, and they did commit whoredoms and all manner of wickedness. End quote. Messiah 11, verse 2. In Messiah 16, verse 12, Abinadi speaks tacitly of Noah and his priests in describing the wicked as having, quote, gone according to To their own carnal wills and desires. In this description, we hear perhaps an echo of Jacob's unhappiness with the Nephites, who, under their second king, began to grow hard in their hearts and indulge themselves somewhat in wicked practices, such as like unto David of old, desiring many wives and concubines, and also Solomon his son end quote. Jacob 1 verse 15. Nephi's reign is significantly described in terms similar to Solomon's. Nephi's account of his vision of the tree of life contrasts the, quote, desires of the great and abominable church, end quote. 1 Nephi 13 verse 8, i.e. the, quote, great and spacious building, end quote, F Noah's quote, spacious palace Mosiah eleven nine, opposite the tree of life in his vision, with the fruit of the tree of which is the most desirable above all things, end quote, and the quote, most joyous to the soul. End quote. Nephi knows that the transitory and ephemeral "desires" end quote, granted by the quote, "mother of abominations" end quote, are nothing compared to the quote, "desirableness" end quote, of the quote, "love of god" end quote, made manifest in the child held in the arms of the quote, "mother of god" after the manner of the flesh. End quote the Savior Jesus Christ, who made it possible for us to keep anything that is ultimately worth having, especially our families, quote, and as I partook of the fruit thereof, it filled my soul with, an, with exceedingly great joy, wherefore I began to be desirous that my family should partake of it also, for I knew that it was desirable Crossed out, desirous above all other fruit. First Nephi, first Nephi eight verse twelve. The Egyptian element Murray, from which the name quote, Mary end quote, is derived, is also most plausibly the first element in the name quote, Mormon, end quote, as Hugh Nibley proposed long ago. The best candidate or the least problematic candidate for the second element is Egyptian men, quote, be firm, established, enduring, end quote, quote, steadfast, end quote, quote, remain, end quote. Benjamin Urutia proposes that the, quote, Mormon, end quote, derives from a combination of Marie, quote, love plus n- with the meaning, quote, love established forever, end quote, or as Robert F. Smith phrases it, strong slash firm love, end quote, or, quote, love remains steadfast slash firm, Even if the scientific etymology differs slightly or even greatly from the foregoing suggestions, which I suspect are near the mark, the plausible presence of lexical elements corresponding to Murray and m are sufficient to posit onomastic wordplay or play on meaning. The lexames Murray and m can at the very least be heard in the name, quote, Mormon, end quote, i.e. they are phonologically evident. Bearing in mind, however, that the range of meaning (polysemy) of Egyptian Marie as a noun and verb includes both quote, "love" end quote, and quote, "desire," end quote, let us observe how the name quote, "Mormon" end quote, is first used in connection with quote, "desire." End quote. Mosiah 18.4 indicates that King Noah, who, as Mormon earlier informed us, quote, did walk after the desires of his own heart, end quote, and had, quote, gone according to his own carnal will and desires, end quote, bestowed the name quote Mormon end quote, upon quote the place of Mormon, end quote, with its forests and quote fountains, end quote of quote pure water, end quote. eighteen verse five, on presumably account of the fact that their physical beauty see for instance Messiah eighteen thirty a deuced or awakened strong slash firm desire end quote. Quote, everlasting desire end quote. Quote, everlasting love end quote. or quote, enduring love. End quote. if this is the case, we can be sure that Alma's people took a higher view of what that quote, desire end quote, or quote, love. Quote, End quote, should have been, see especially Mormon 18 verses 8 through 11 and 28, and discussion further below. For them, this quote, desire, end quote, was primarily spiritual rather than physical. See of Abinadi's teaching in Mosiah 15 verse 5. It must be significant that neither Alma nor his people make any attempt to rename quote, the place of Mormon, end quote, quote, the waters of Mormon, end quote, or quote, the forest of Mormon end quote, from what the king Noah had named it. In fact, the word quote, "desire" end quote, is a leitwort, lead word, or key term. In Alma's baptismal speech and his articulation of the covenant that the people of his community were entering into Alma's speech I propose is not simply a covenant speech but a conscious attempt at quote, remotivating and quote the name quote, Mormon end quote, which Noah had bestowed on this locale with connotations more in line with his community's newfound values and more appropriate to their activities there. And it came to pass that he said unto them, Behold, here are the waters of Mormon, for thus were they called. And now, as ye are desirous to come into the fold of God and to be called his people, and are willing to bear one another's burdens that they may be light. Yea, and are willing to mourn with those that mourn. Yea, and comfort those that stand in need of comfort, and to stand as witnesses of God at all times and in all things and in all places that ye may be in, and be numbered with those of the first resurrection, that ye may have eternal life. Now I say unto you, if this be the desire of your hearts, what have you against being baptized in the name of the Lord as a covenant, as a witness before him that ye have entered into a covenant with him, that ye will serve him and keep his commandments, that he may pour out his spirit more abundantly upon you? And now when the people had heard these words, they clapped their hands for joy and exclaimed, this is the desire of our hearts. Mosiah 18, 8-11 We note that Alma's speech begins with an invocation of the word, quote, Mormon, end quote. quote Behold, here are the waters of Mormon, end quote. Alma then connects the peoples coming into the, quote, waters of Mormon, end quote, with being quote, desirous end quote, to quote, come into the fold of God, end quote. and all that these words imply in terms of bearing the burdens of other church members mourning with and comforting them, etc, Alma then resumes now, if I say, if this be the desire of your hearts end quote, directing their attention to entering the waters of baptism. That will symbolize their quote, entering into a covenant, end quote, in effect to quote, keep his commandments that he may pour out his Spirit more abundantly upon quote, them. End quote, them. See 1 uh, Nephi 11, verse 22, 2 Nephi 31, verse 20. In response, the people out of quote, joy. Quote, exclaim, quote, This is the desire of our hearts end quote. Alma's language recalls Lehi's and Nephi's vision of the tree of life and the fruit which was quote, desirable to make one happy end quote. first Nephi eight verse ten and desirous end quote, above all other fruit end quote. and the Quote, Love of God, which was most desir-, quote, most desirable above all things. End quote. It also recalls Lehi being quote, desirous that his family should partake of the fruit also. End quote. Eight verse twelve. Mormon further informs us that this baptismal covenant had the community seeing, quote, eye to eye, end quote, or with, quote, one eye, end quote, Messiah 18, verse 21, and were, quote, at one, end quote, in love, end quote, love, end quote. Quote, and he commanded them that there should be no contention one with another, but that they should look forward with one eye, having one faith and one baptism, having their hearts knit together in unity, and in love one towards another, end quote. Messiah 18, verse 21. Mormon further describes that the people were obliged to, quote, impart of their substance of their own free will and good desires towards God and to those priests that stood in need, yea, and to every needy, naked soul, end quote. Messiah 18, verse 28. The blessings of the covenant life experienced at Mormon were so wonderful to the 450 souls who partook of them that the place, its waters and forest, were remembered in a hymn that Mormon, who as has been noted, was named after this place with its forests and waters preserves for us. And now it came to pass that all this was done in in Mormon, yea, by the waters of Mormon, in the forest that was near the waters of Mormon, yea, the place of Mormon, the waters of Mormon, the forest of Mormon. How beautiful are they to the eyes of them who there came to the knowledge of their Redeemer! Yea, and how blessed are they, for they shall sing to his praises, to his praise forever. Messiah, eighteen, verse thirty. The hymn, in language reminiscent of Isaiah, quote, "How beautiful upon the mountains," end quote, Isaiah fifty-two, verse seven, and Abinadi's use of Isaiah helps us understand the role of the beautiful waters, forest, and land of Messiah in fostering the enduring quote, desire. End quote, and abiding quote, love that, re, end quote, that remained in the hearts of Alma's people quote, forever. End quote. It further helps understand just how powerful the memory of those, these events remained in the church that Alma himself established, and that was reestablished or reorganized later by Jesus himself. See Third Nephi eleven through twenty-seven. Mormon's father Mormon who was named after them just like Mormon himself by parents who by then were already living in an epoch of declining faith hope and charity and thus celebrated the memory and legacy of the first church which was established among their ancestors after their transgression end quote. third Nephi 5 verse 12 Quote, desire, end quote, also serves as a leitwort in Mormon's description of Limhi's people who are, quote, desirous, end quote, to become like Alma and the covenant community slash church that he formed at the waters of Mormon. And it came to pass that King Limhi and many of his people were desirous to be baptized. But there was none in the land that had authority from God. And Ammon declined doing this thing, considering himself an unworthy servant. Therefore they did not at that time form themselves into a church, waiting upon the Spirit of the Lord. Now they were desirous to become even as Alma and his brethren, who had fled into the wilderness. They were desirous to be baptized as a witness and a testimony that they were willing to serve God with all their hearts. Nevertheless, they did prolong the time and an account of their baptism shall be given hereafter. Messiah 21 verses 33 through 35. The expression quote, were desirous end quote, here recalls Alma's covenant speech at the waters of Mormon, focusing the reader's attention on the importance of desires. Additionally, it suggests that Mormon is not only aware of Alma's onomastic wordplay on quote, Mormon end quote, and quote, desire end quote, Messiah eighteen eight through eleven but that he is purposefully replicating it in his abridgment of his sources. This seems particularly appropriate given that, quote, Mormon, end quote, was the name that our author slash editor slash compiler inherited specifically as a legacy of these events. Mormon does something similar in Mosiah 25, as Limhi's people reunite with Alma's people and the Nephites and Mulekites of Zarahemla. And it came to pass that after Alma had taught the people many things, and had made an end of speaking to them, that King Limhi was desirous that he might be baptized, and all his people were desirous that they might be baptized also. Therefore Alma did go forth into the water and did baptize them. Yea, he did baptize them after the manner he did his brethren in the waters of Mormon. Yea, and as many as he did baptize did belong to the church of God, and this because of their belief on the words of Alma. Mosiah 25 verses 17 and 18. Here again, Mormon stresses the connection between quote, "desires" end quote, or quote, "desirousness" end quote, with the name Mormon and being baptized. Here, however, they are not baptized in the waters of Mormon, since that opportunity was no longer available. But they are baptized after the manner that Alma did baptize his brethren in the waters of Mormon. Thus, they entered the same. Mormon, end quote, covenant predicated upon the same, quote, desires, end quote. Messiah 18, verses 8 through 11 and 28. Singing, quote, redeeming love, end quote. The impact of Alma's people's experiences at the waters of Mormon remains evident generations afterward. In the second generation, Alma the younger, following his own conversion experience, recalled his father Alma baptizing his people at the waters and the redemptive experiences that followed. Alma fifty-three, and Alma five three through thirteen. Alma here and elsewhere uses language reminiscent of the Exodus story to describe his father's people's deliverance from bondage. Quote, and again I asked, Were the bands of death broken and the chains of hell which encircled them about, were they loosed? I say unto you, yea, they were loosed, and their souls did expand, and they did sing redeeming love. And I say unto you that they are saved. End quote. Alma 5 verse 9. Quote, And now, behold, I say unto you, my brethren, if ye have experienced a change of heart, and if ye have felt to sing the song of redeeming love, I would ask, can ye feel so now? End quote. Alma 5 verse 26. The expression, quote, redeeming love, end quote, while recalling God's, quote, love for Israel in redeeming them from Egypt, also recalls the, quote, desire, end quote, slash, quote, love, end quote, that Alma the Younger's father, Alma the Elder, and the latter's people experienced at the waters, place, and forest of Mormon, Messiah 18, verses 8 through 11, 21, and 28, and the redemption from, quote, bondage, end quote, that they experienced subsequently in the land of Helam, see Messiah 23 and 24. Ammon, once Alma's compatriot in trying to destroy the church, uses language similar to Alma's description of being, quote, born again, end quote. Behold, how many thousands of our brethren has he loosed from the pains of hell, and they are brought to sing redeeming love, and this because of the power of his word which is in us. Therefore have we not great reason to rejoice? Yea, we have reason to praise Him forever, for He is the Most High God and has loosed our brethren from the chains of hell. Yea, they were encircled about with everlasting darkness and destructions. But behold, He has brought them into His everlasting light, yea, into everlasting salvation. And they are encircled about with the matchless bounty of His love, Yea, and we have been instruments in his hands of doing this great and marvelous work. Alma 26, 13-15 God's, quote, love, end quote, for his children, 1 Nephi 11, verses 17 and 22, like the tree of life, produces, quote, fruit, end quote, in the Lamanites, in the form of, quote, love, end quote, for their fellow be- human beings, Second Nephi 31, verse 20, i.e., for their now, quote, beloved brethren, end quote. Now behold, we can look forth and see the fruits of our labors, and are they few? I say unto you, Nay, they are many. Yea, and we can witness of their sincerity because of the love towards their brethren, and also towards us. For behold, they had rather sacrifice their lives than even to take the life of their enemy. And they have buried their weapons of war deep in the earth because of their love towards their brethren. And now behold, I say unto you, has there been so great love in all the land? Behold, I say unto you, nay, there has not even among the Nephites. For behold, they would take up their arms against their brethren. They would not suffer themselves to be slain. But behold, how many of these have laid down their lives, and we know that they have gone to their God because of their love and of their hatred to sin. Alma 26, verses 31 through 34. See also Alma 26, verse 9. Alma 27 verse 4. The atonement of Christ also bore fruit in the form of baptism and lasting conversion. In other words, the quote, love end quote, of God quote, remained end quote, or quote, endured. End quote. And it came to pass when they were all baptized and had come up out of the water, the Holy Ghost did fall upon them, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Third Nephi 19, verse 13. The effect of baptism by water and by fire is to be filled with desire. Third Nephi 19, verse 24. I.e., to be Quote, filled with love, end quote. see especially Moroni seven verse 20, 48 and below, i. e. to quote, be filled with love towards God and all men, end quote. Messiah two verse four, CF four verse twelve in Mormon's words. Alma taught his son Shibla that one needed to quote bridle one's passions end quote one form of desire, in order to be, quote, filled with love, end quote, a much higher and nobler form of desire, end quote, or Murray. Alma 38, 12, CF 41, verse 3. All of these expressions recalled Nephi's equation of the tree of life with, quote, the love of God, Which sheddeth itself abroad in the hearts of the children of men, wherefore it is the most desirable of above all things. End quote. First Nephi 11 verse 22. See, for instance, Second Nephi 4 verse 21. Quote, everlasting love, end quote, or the quote, love that endureth forever, end quote mormon the son of mormon's life work very much consisted of quote, "loving and broken people" most of whom were putting ever greater distance between themselves and god if we consider as discussed previously that the name quote, "mormon" end quote, contains elements that can be rendered or came to mean quote, love is enduring, end quote, or quote, everlasting love, we can more fully appreciate the arc of Mormon's life as well as all that he had to say on the subject of charity and love. Regarding the Nephite armies that he was called to lead at the age of 16, he said, Behold, I had led them notwithstanding their wickedness. I had led them many times to battle and had loved them according to the love of God which was in me. With all my heart and my soul had poured out in prayer unto my God all the day long for them. Nevertheless, it was without faith because of the hardness of their hearts. Mormon 3 verse 12. Mormon lived true to his name with his society and even his church falling apart around him mormon chose to allow the quote, "love of god to abide in him and to continue to quote, "love" end quote. mormon's life was not only characterized by quote, "love" end quote, but quote, "everlasting love" end quote quote, the pure love of Christ, end quote, defined it. When Mormon, as leader of a failing Nephite church, addressed a dwindling group of Nephite faithful on the necessity of obtaining charity as a gift of the Spirit, as later recorded by Moroni, he knew whereof he spoke. To the end, both Mormon and Moroni referred to the Lamanites, the very people who slaughtered their family, kindreds, and friends, as quote, beloved brethren. End quote. Mormon and Moroni also knew that what saved those few faithful saints individually and what would save millions more faithful saints of a latter day, collectively and individually, would be charity, the very love that God manifested toward his children, the human family. John 3, 16, 1 Nephi 11, verse 22. And so Mormon, in an apparent wordplay on his own name, authoritatively declares, But charity is the pure love of Christ, and it endureth forever. And whoso is found possessed of it at the last day, it shall be well with them. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, pray unto the Father with all the energy of heart, that ye may be filled with this love, which he hath bestowed upon all who are true followers of his Son, Jesus Christ, Cf. Three Nephi five verses twelve and thirteen, Moroni seven forty seven and forty eight. As reported by Moroni, Mormon here glosses quote, charity end quote, for his hearers as quote, the pure love of Christ which endureth for ever. End this close juxtaposition of the terms quote, love end quote, and End quote, endureth forever, end quote, fits nicely with the proposed etymology of Mormon, i.e., quote, love is enduring, quote, um, slash, abiding, end quote, see above. Most readers will note the clear parallelism between Mormon's description of charity and Paul's in 1 Corinthians 13, the, quote, hymn to charity, end quote. Although Mormon clearly did not have access to Paul's writings, both men are plausibly quoting from a common source, perhaps one to which Nephi also had access on the brass plates many years before Paul and Mormon. In any case, Mormon says that charity not only, quote, endures all things, end quote, Moroni 7, verse 45, C.F. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 7, and, quote, abides, end quote, but that it, end quote, endureth forever, end quote, wording that differs from Paul's version of the hymn, but still matches the schematics of the proposed wordplay involving Egyptian men. The description of the, quote, pure love of Christ, end quote, recalls the covenant of, quote, love, end quote, that Alma's people made at the, quote, pure, end quote, waters of Mormon. It also recalls the, quote, pure, end quote, fruit of the tree of life, as described by Alma the Younger, quote, behold, by and by ye shall pluck the fruit thereof, which is most abundant most precious which is sweet above all that is sweet and which is white above all that is white yea and pure above all that is pure and ye shall feast upon this fruit even until ye are filled" End quote. alma 32 verse 42 additionally mormon's language recalls jacob 3 verse 2 quote, "o all ye that are pure in heart Lift up your heads and receive the pleasing word of God and feast upon his love. For ye may, if your minds are firm forever, end quote. Like the latter passage, Mormon's speech on faith, hope, and charity recalls Nephi's vision of the tree of life and Nephi's formulation of the gospel derived from his vision of the tree. Wherefore ye must press forward with steadfastness in Christ, having a perfect brightness of hope, and a love of God, and of all men. Wherefore, if ye shall press forward, feasting upon the word of Christ, and endure to the end, behold, thus saith the Father, ye shall have eternal life. End quote. This passage particularly influenced Mormon's speech in Mormon 7. In addition to his definition of charity recorded in Moroni 7, verses 47 and 48, quote, love that endureth forever, end quote, Mormon similarly defines and describes charity in a letter written to his son Moroni, on the subject of the baptizing of little children. Behold, I speak with boldness, having authority from God, and I fear not what man can do, for perfect love casteth out all fear, and I am filled with charity, which is everlasting love. C.F. quote, Mormon, Wherefore, all children are alike unto me. Wherefore, I love little children with a perfect love, and they are all alike and partakers of salvation. Moroni 8, verses 16 through 17. Here, Mormon glosses, quote, in charity, end quote, as, quote, everlasting love, end quote, which again suggests that the words being used for both, whatever they were, are not the same speaking with divine quote authority end quote mormon speaks as if he were the lord himself like jesus's disciples in third nephi who are quote filled with desire end quote third nephi 1924 of which he is now one third nephi 5 12 through 13 mormon is filled with everlasting love, the meaning of his name, the love which sheddeth itself abroad in the hearts of the children of men. 1 Nephi 11 verse 22 empowers Mormon to address the issue with boldness. We note that, in the first letter from Mormon to Moroni Moroni eight, the specific issue is who should be baptized, An issue which inevitably recalls the events at the waters of Mormon and the covenant of quote, love end quote, and unity quote, one eye end quote, quote, one baptism end quote, that was based on the good. Desires end quote, of the heart Messiah eighteen verses eight through eleven twenty one and twenty eight since the smallest children are quote, whole from the foundation of the world end quote, and do not have quote, desires end quote, for baptism unto repentance, there is no need to baptize them. Behold, my son, this thing ought not to be, for repentance is unto them that are under condemnation and under the curse of a broken law. And the first fruits of repentance is baptism, and baptism cometh by faith unto the fulfilling the commandments, and the fulfilling the commandments bringeth remission of sins, and the remission of sins bringeth meekness, and lowliness of heart, and because of meekness and lowliness of heart, and because of cometh the visitation of the Holy Ghost, which comforter filleth with hope and perfect love, which love endureth by diligence unto prayer, until the end shall come, when all the saints shall dwell with God. Moroni 8, 24-26 Mormon's description of repentance and baptism as prerequisites to the reception of the Holy Ghost or Comforter, which filleth with, which quote, filleth with hope and perfect love, end quote, and his statement that quote, love endureth by diligence unto prayer, end quote, is a deliberate allusion to and summation of his ancestor Nephite's teachings on the doctrine of christ second nephi thirty one and thirty two especially thirty one verse twenty It is also a reminder of the quote, love of God which sheddeth itself abroad in the hearts of the children of men, end quote. importantly. Moroni also preserves a second letter from his father Mormon, which captures just how depraved Nephite society had become. Where Alma's church at the waters of Mormon had been characterized by their good quote, desires end quote, towards God, Messiah eighteen verses eight, three, eleven, and twenty-eight, and quote, love, end quote, eighteen verse twenty-one, Nephite society apart from the few, quote, peaceable followers of Christ, is now entirely absent of it. Quote, for so exceedingly do they anger that it seemeth me that they have no fear of death and they have lost their love one towards another and they thirst after blood and revenge continually. End quote. Moroni 9 verse 5. Thus a linking term shared by all three texts authored by or spoken by Mormon included by Moroni at the end of his record is the word quote, "love" end quote. in both Moroni 7 and 8 Mormon describes the quote, "love" end quote, requisite for eternal life in terms that match the most plausible etymology and meaning of quote, "Mormon." End quote. I.e., love, love that endureth, end quote, or quote, everlasting love. End quote. Moroni seven verse forty-seven, eight verse seventeen and twenty-six, Mormon nine verse five. On the other hand, emphasizes that the Nephites have entirely quote, lost end quote, this quote, love. End quote. It is reasonable then. To surmise that not only is Moroni conscious of his father's use of this term in connection with the latter's own name, but that Moroni uses love as his basis, uses love as his basis for linking all three texts, we see supporting evidence for this in Ether chapter twelve, where Moroni discusses faith, hope, and charity in the context of the self-destruction of the Jaredite nation, a Gentile nation which, like the Israelite Nephites, had entirely lost its, quote, love, end quote. Moroni knows that the only hope for the latter-day Gentiles is for them to obtain charity, quote, the love of God, end quote. 1 Nephi 11, verse 22, or the... Pure love of Christ Moroni seven verse forty seven. And now I remember that thou hast said that thou hast loved the world, even unto the laying down of thy life for the world, that thou mightest take it again to prepare a place for the children of men. And now I know that this love which thou hast had for the children of men is charity. Wherefore, except men shall have charity, they cannot inherit that place which thou hast prepared in the mansions of thy father. Wherefore, I know by this thing which thou hast said, that if the Gentiles have not charity because of our weakness, that thou wilt prove them and take away their talent, yea, even that which they have received, and give unto them who shall have more abundantly. And it came to pass that I prayed unto the Lord that he would give unto the Gentiles grace that they might have charity. And it came to pass that the Lord said unto me, If they have not charity, it mattereth not unto thee. Thou hast been faithful." wherefore thy garments shall be made clean. And because thou hast seen thy weakness, thou shalt be made strong, even unto the sitting down in the place which I have prepared in the mansions of my father. And now I, Moroni, bid farewell unto the Gentiles, yea, and also unto my brethren whom I love, until we shall meet before the judgment seat of Christ, where all men shall know that my garments are not spotted with your blood. Ether 12, verses 33 through 38. Mormon and Moroni had witnessed with their own eyes how their own people, quote, lost their love, end quote. Moroni 9, verse 5. Like the house of Israel, the Gentiles reject Christ, but for different reasons. The Gentiles have a problem. Pride and a Lack of Charity Both Mormon and Moroni knew that pride, a lack of charity, and the concomitant loss of love necessarily results in the entire destruction of a society, if not reversed. Moroni's description of the, quote, love which thou hast had for the children of men, end quote, Echoes Nephi's description of the quote, love of God, which sheddeth itself abroad in the hearts of the children of men, wherefore it is the most desirable above all things. End quote. First Nephi eleven verse twenty-two. Like Nephi, Moroni knows that the solution for all of us, and especially for Zion, is charity, quote, which charity is love. End quote. "except we quote, should have charity" end quote. we are like the nephites in the end quote, "nothing" 2nd nephi 26 verse 30 moroni 7 verses 44 and 46 to the end moroni could say quote, "my brethren whom i love" end quote which made him the worthy successor of his father Mormon, he had lived up to his father's name. As, quote, Mormons, end quote, as the world is wont to call us, we can and ought to do likewise. Conclusion Nephi's account of his vision of the tree of life emphasizes, quote, desires, end quote, and the quote, love of God end quote, as manifest in the incarnation of Jesus Christ through Mary as being the quote, most desirable above all things end quote. first Nephi eleven verse twenty two the connection between quote, love end quote, and quote, desire end quote, in this instance may in fact turn on the polysemy range of meaning. Of the Egyptian lexame Murray love and quote, quote, desire end quote, from which the name Mary is derived, similarly, Alma's covenant speech at the waters of quote, Mormon quote, quote, love slash desire is enduring end quote, quote, everlasting love. End quote, also emphasizes the quote, desires end quote, of the heart requisite for entry into a covenant community unified by quote, love. End quote. Messiah eighteen eight through 11, 21, and 28, which diametrically opposite the quote, desires end quote, of King Noah's heart. Who originally named the land, waters, and Forest of Mormon, this suggests that Alma and his people consciously remotivated the name quote, Mormon end quote, in terms of the covenant they made and the experience they experiences they had in the environs of the waters, forest, and land of Mormon. Centuries later mormon's descriptions of charity as quote, "the love of christ" end quote, which quote, "endureth forever" end quote, and quote, "everlasting love" end quote, become more meaningful when the proposed etymology of and onomastic play on quote, "mormon" end quote, are considered all of this has practical implications for us as Latter-day Saints or, quote, Mormons, end quote. Being a, quote, Mormon, end quote, is not simply a matter of living up to the standard of being, quote, more good, end quote, though that is important, but also a matter of aligning our, quote, desires, end quote, with God's will. And to have those, quote, desires, end quote, reflected in our covenant obedience, as Alma the Elder and his people learned, Messiah 18, verses 23 through 24. Alma the Younger learned that, desi- quote, desires, end quote, needed to be disciplined, Alma 29, verses 4 through 7, CF Alma 38, verse 12. Like Mormon and Moroni, we need to be filled with quote, everlasting love, end quote. Moroni eight verse seventeen, or quote, charity, end quote. particularly in a world of declining faith, when sometimes it seems things are falling down around us and others are losing their quote, love. End quote. This quote, love end quote, motivated God the Father to send us His Son. First Nephi 11 verses 17 and 22. And it motivated the Savior to lay down his life for us. Second Nephi 26 verse 24. It will similarly motivate us to place on the altar whatever is necessary. To be a quote, "Mormon" end quote, in the 21st century should mean inasmuch as it is possible to always be filled with quote, everlasting love end quote. Quote, love that endureth end quote. moroni seven verse forty seven eight verse twenty six or the quote, pure love of Christ end quote, seven verse forty seven and to quote, endure end quote, in that love to the end. At that time, we will not only, quote, be judged according to our works, but the desires of our hearts. Alma 41 verse 3. Though iniquity abounds, our, quote, love, end quote, as Latter-day Saints must not, quote, wax cold, end quote. Matthew 24 verse 12. DNC 45 verse 27. Joseph Smith, Matthew 1 verses 10 and 30. The author would like to thank Dan Peterson, Jeff Bradshaw, Reva Bowen, Atali Isaacson, and Ko'olina Mills. Special thanks go to Ben Huff for suggestions that have improved this paper. This has been a recording of most, quote, most desirable above all things, end quote. Onomastic Play on Mary and Mormon in the Book of Mormon by Matthew Bowen. Originally published in Interpreter, a journal of Mormon scripture, volume 13, 2015, pages 27 through 61, read by Ellen Fair. This audio recording is copyrighted under a Creative Commons license and may be freely distributed if it remains unchanged. The journal and its website are credited and is for non-commercial use. A printed version of this and many other articles and resources on Mormon Scripture can be found at mormoninterpreter.com.